0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Waste360's Nothing Wasted podcast. On every episode, we invite the most interesting people in waste, recycling, and organics to sit down with us and chat candidly about their thoughts, their work, this unique industry, and so much more. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode.
1: Uh, so I'll introduce myself first. Mike Schwalbach with Sierra Container Group. Uh, just quick background. Uh, I have been in the waste in this industry for about thirty years. Uh, I started my undergraduate degrees in engineering, mechanical engineering. I started in operations and manufacturing. I've been on the supply side uh, for for my entire career to this industry. And I uh, started on the operations side, went into sales, and then into management uh, or leadership. So uh, I've been very fortunate I'm, I'm very grateful to have those different perspectives in, in different parts of the business. Um, so I, I uh, started Sierra Container about six years ago. I worked for a, another company for about 25, a little over 25 years. Again, in the same space. Sierra Container. Uh, Group We make Uh, our main line is the plastic rollout carts and we do a few other things
0: Yeah Yeah. Uh, Aaron Bradley uh, currently regional vice president for waste connections out of our our central region I've been with waste connections for 12 years now Uh, Typical waste connections fashion. You you gotta move around three or four times uh, To you know work your way up Started uh, actually as, a, as an accountant, as a controller uh, in a small town, Idaho. That's, uh, that's where I'm from. My father was a, a cattle rancher and an attorney, so a very unusual upbringing um, that I didn't realize at the time. Um, from the controlling standpoint, spent some time uh, up in Alaska, jumped over to the operations for Waste Connections as an ADM. Spent about a year at Vancouver hauling, which was... Um, which was fascinating to see the, the, the staple, the, the mothership, the uh, Vancouver hauling was the very first company that, that Waste Connections ever bought. Um, and it was, it was good to learn from a lot of the frontline leaders there. From there, I uh, became district manager uh, at our OPF, Portland, Oregon district. Um, and then five years ago, I moved to Denver and I've, I've uh, started off there as a DM uh, divisional VP, and then uh, recently was promoted to regional vice president, overseeing well, about 15 states uh, between Arizona and uh, Mississippi River, basically. The one thing that I would like to add about Mike: um, very, very humble guy. But we uh, mostly buy our carts from from Sierra, and one of the main reasons that we do, in the in the in the vein of of servant leadership, it. It doesn't just end with our employees. You know, we're we're really big having that relationship with our vendors, um, with the communities that we serve, and even to the extent with uh, with the families of our employees. And Sierra Container and Mike have a very similar culture, so um, consider him a friend, and we have a great great relationship.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, I, I would say that a big part of what we do at Sierra is who we partner with it's based on people that I don't care whether it's uh, you know our other team members but it's suppliers customers uh, we you know we call them partnerships it's really based on people who we are working with I I, I actually think uh, I mean waste connections to me and in in the, the leadership and the servant leadership I think is pretty amazing because when you grow as a company like they have to keep that that style of leadership, which is not easy, I think it, it's incredible. He's, I'm sure Aaron can tell you that through the years they've grown. When you what, 20? How many people? 20,000 people in the
0: company? Uh, I think almost 22,000.
1: 22,000. Yeah, that, it's just incredible to keep that leadership style. So, mm-hmm. kudos, kudos to Waste Connections. Um, I Maybe I'll just say a couple intro things and mm-hmm. then I'll pass it on, Aaron. Um, yeah, I guess that's one point, Waste Connections, 22,000 people. I think you're, you're gonna get a good contrast. Sierra Container's a very small group. So we're, we're different in a lot of ways, like the size, uh, number of people, et cetera, but we're very similar in, in the servant leadership. Um, I am not a PhD in servant leadership, so I'm gonna tell you that right now. Um, I have gone to some classes and, and read some books um, so I, I personally think Aaron here is, is, is the PhD or guru in <laughs> servant leadership, but what I can uh, convey is just more, I'm trying to, trying to think, I don't like talking about myself, it's more of who I am as a person and qualities and traits and, and treating how we treat other people. And I'm gonna put that into the context of servant leadership. A lot of, a lot of leadership traits you hear about but maybe haven't thought about how it's in context with people specifically in servant leadership. Um, so you know, I would say that again. I'm not sure if this is right or wrong, uh, but I don't think of servant leadership as you know. I go to work. Not, well, it's no longer nine to five. Whatever it is, six to six or whatever your hours are. I don't go to work and be and all of a sudden become a servant leader. Just who I am. It's 24/7. It doesn't matter if it's family members uh you know team members um, just who I am and, and how I conduct myself, um, so I just wanted to mention that
0: yeah yeah um, I think that's a good good segue something that that we're always trying to preach or at least i 'm trying to preach to my team is our 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 first line of defense when it comes to our culture and and our culture at waste connections uh is is simply servant leadership it's something that You know we live and breathe Um, it's it's in our dna and we 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 try to define ourselves on who we hire who we fire and who we promote and in my opinion that's that's the definition of of culture and and for waste connections and at least in my region um i'm always preaching we have to have a a harvard mentality and and what i mean by that is uh, i think it's 5% 5% of everyone that applies to Harvard actually gets in. Well, we feel like at Waste Connections, if you let everyone in the door, you're diluting that culture. And the, the one thing that, that we try to hone in more than anything is, you know, are, are they a good person? Um, is there a level of humility when we're interviewing this person? Can they grow? Um, do they have a student mentality? I think that 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 keeps you humble when you're constantly learning Um, but we are very very intentional about our hires try to be Um, we're we're far from perfect but that's our first line of defense on our culture Um, you know we're we're in the waste industry and the the service that we provide it's nothing fancy we don't do anything different than our competitors We feel the only way we can differentiate ourselves is, is, is through our, our, our people and the, the journey of, of servant leadership. And I want to be very clear. It's, it's a journey. Uh, I don't have this figured out. I don't think anyone at Waste Connections has this figured out. Um, you know, it's like, it's like trying to stay fit, trying to, trying to stay healthy. You got some good days and bad days, but you just want to be moving in the right direction. But with our growth from a company in 1997 with 200 employees to where we are now in 25 years to 22,000 employees, we had to be very intentional about our servant leadership culture. This is a journey we started 15 years ago, um, maybe longer. Um, And it wasn't easy. And and there were a lot of people that just didn't buy into it, that's fine. it's, it's not for everyone. Um, but we had to be very purposeful about being servant leaders. And one of the things that we do is we actually have servant leadership classes at, at Waste Connections as our leaders and our managers work their way up. We have instructors within Waste Connections and they come out to the regions or we, we send employees out to the corporate office and we, we have actual formal classes. Um, so earlier I had mentioned student mentality. That's truly what what we're what we're about, right? We we know we can learn. We, we like the classroom. We like the dialogue that you get when everyone's in the classroom. Different opinions. Be you know approach it with a very open-mindedness. So we're very purposeful about about the classes. In addition, we have servant leadership surveys, and essentially what that does is. It, it holds all of our leaders accountable. So we'll ask our frontline leaders, hey, how's your manager doing? How's your leader doing? And we'll really hone in to what's important to us. Um, and I've, I've, I've made some tough decisions based on those results. And I think it's good for our frontline employees to know that we're listening, collectively. We always have to be listening. And we take a lot of pride in those in those, we call them SL scores, SL surveys. See Jocelyn out there, she knows knows what I'm talking about. Um, But that's another way, again, in our model, there has to be a level of accountability all the way up the org chart. Um, So for Waste Connections, the trainings, uh, the the surveys, I think more than anything, I I think you have to exemplify servant leadership. Um, And Ron Middlestadt, who founded Waste Connections, anyone that knows Ron, uh, I think he's the, the caricature of a of a certain leader that's a little journey for Waste Connections you know I should have mentioned
1: um, that from today uh, I would think it would be great if everyone here walked away with just one idea one thought one thing that you could take with you maybe you'll change your perspective a little um, in, in leadership or servant leadership and what you do um, so hopefully everyone gets something out of this I should have mentioned that from the start yeah I wanted to just comment that in business a lot of times we, we hear people say well I'm investing in the business I'm investing back in the business okay I'm not sure what that means it'll tell me more about that uh, a lot of times you'll hear well I'm, I'm buying this piece of equipment putting up capital um, buying this facility, okay. What else? And then you will sometimes hear, "Well, I'm investing in, in the people." Like, okay. Well, how are you doing that? And a lot of people think that's by compensation or some perks. It's all part of it. Those things are very important. But what I would tell you, it's much more than that. It's it's things like. How you interact with them, how you are creating an environment for success for all the people in the organization, how you are empowering them. Uh, that to me is how you are investing in the business. I would say it's a single number one way you can improve your business. Mm-hmm. As a general statement, there's always one-offs, always exceptions. That's a single single thing that I would advise. Think about the people in your organization and how you can improve that group is that will you don't really think about the results when you're doing that it will turn into results hmm. to me the ROI on that is number one it's the, it's a way to put your time I'll talk a little bit about time and energy later but that's where you should put some time and energy yeah into
0: the, into the business yeah um, something else I wanted to, to touch on and uh, Mike alluded to it I think we got to be I think we have to acknowledge the difference between management and leadership Um, there's a fundamental difference and with us and and our model I always tell my team we have to be 80% leadership 20% management Um, there's a difference management again in my opinion is policy driven it's 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 following the org chart um, leadership is standard driven right you have certain standards that you have to try to exemplify and live and live through live by um, I think management is is easy I really do it's scalable you can, you can put a policy out and that can impact 20,000 employees just like that leadership's not you, you have to cater and you have to specialize and you have to be surgical when you're a leader, because you have to adjust to that individual person. And, and to Mike's point, we have to invest in people. We are, we are nothing without our people. And, you know, I almost, I was trying to write some notes and I said, well, shoot, certain leadership, it just, let's just talk about our people. That's it, game over. If, if, we're, not talk, if, if we're not talking about our people, we have failed and now you've become a management and and we firmly believe that relationships drive results every single time and if if you're using if if you if you flip that and you're all about the results and you're using your people to get the results then you're a poor manager and i don't i don't want you on my team you 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 have to be about the people when, when we go and look at districts and we look at, at divisions, if they're not getting results, 10 out of 10 times, it's a lack of leadership. Our number one value is safety. You could cross that off and put people and you're gonna get the t- exact same response. It's all about people, it's all about leadership. If you're not responding, if, if you're not developing people, management does not develop people, let's just be clear. Management, org charts, there's no way you can develop a person individually if you're just checking a box, policy driven, and all about being a manager. If you wanna hone in and you wanna make a difference, you have to be about that person. And that's the difference between leadership. That's why certain leadership's so hard. It's, it's not scalable. It can't be. We're We're dealing with people. And I, I don't know if this is gonna be controversial, but, I tell my people all the time, I love them. Like I'm, I'm done of, of, of the past where we don't, we don't talk about that. Like we, we just flat out love our people. And if, if you're a manager, you don't have that type of purpose. You're not in it for the right reasons. And um, you can love them, just like my kids. I got no problem telling my 10 year old son where he's at and having a tough conversation that's easy because I just love them so much. So I think there's a difference between management and leadership. And I think you have to define that before you really delve into servant leadership.
1: Yeah. It kind of brings up one of of the points I wanted to make and you've kind of hit on it, Aaron,
0: and that is,
1: it's not easy. You know, I was, uh, years ago, I was talking to a leader in the industry. And uh, we were talking about leadership and servant leadership and talking about all the, the, the parts of that, and the benefits, etc. And at, at the end of the, near the end of the conversation, I asked, God, it just seems so obvious that everyone should be doing this. Like why, why, isn't, why aren't all organizations doing this? And the answer is pretty simple, because it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's not easy, this is not flavor of the month uh, type stuff. It takes time and with every individual. And that's why a lot of organizations don't have servant lead. It's It's more. It's a lot easier to direct down than to have a servant leadership style. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was just gonna mention, start mentioning some of the notes I wrote down and some of the things that I just kind of do every day um you know one i wrote down is i actually tell my kids this quite a bit <laughs> to get them to focus uh whatever you're doing do it so in the context of people that's when you're talking to someone or talking not talking listening i should say listening first <laughs> or talking with someone that's the proper way to say that uh, when you're talking, when you're in a conversation with someone, whatever you're doing, you're having a conversation, do it. Be, be focused. Be, don't, don't be thinking about other things. Don't be thinking about how you're going to respond. You, you're there, you're, you're listening. Um, you're, you're, you're watching their body movements. Um, you know, I hey it, nowadays. And it's probably been like this for a while. A lot of people like the multitask. You know, how it is like you're on the phone and now a Zoom call and you hear the other person, they're on their keyboard typing. What does everyone immediately think? Oh, they're not really paying attention. They're not. What, what are they doing? Why am I even having this conversation? That's what the other person's probably thinking. So I'll give you another example is, hey, we're in our cars. We're, we're talking on the cell phone in our cars, hopefully safely. <laughs> Um, Safety is big in this industry, as you all know. But I would advise you, and we all have to do that. I mean, you got to be efficient, right? You got to get stuff done while you're you're traveling somewhere. But I would recommend your most important conversations have zero distractions, zero. Be completely and and you know driving is a. I mean, you should be focused on driving, right? So I would recommend, and we all have to do that, like I said. But those important conversations obviously in person's best if on the phone or zoom 100% focus whatever you're doing do it
0: yeah Um, I guess to kind of couple off the the certain leadership is hard I think initially even maybe 15 years ago when, when we rolled it out as a company or even even 10 years ago I think even naturally, probably people in this room, you think, oh, servant leadership, that's, that's soft, right? We, it's, you're, you're more of an appeaser than you are a leader. Um, and three things come to mind if you want to have a ser- servant leadership culture. Number one, you have to have a level of accountability. And I know that's you know, kind of a scary word to a lot of people, um, but we have no problem holding our employees accountable. It's not an issue. But the only way that works is if you hold yourself to the highest standard above everyone else. And that's a level of responsibility that a lot of, of leaders don't wanna take on. But if you're willing to be the standard and you're willing to, to, to lead by example, that culture, just, it just floods down to the frontline leaders. Um, but it's not easy because you're not perfect and we're not preaching perfection um, in fact, I think in a servant leadership culture, mistakes are healthy, mistakes are good. I think you want that environment, but you gotta learn from those mistakes. Um, so I think a level of accountability is, is, is crucial in any organization, any level of, of servant leadership. Number two, uh, there has to be a level of, uh, it, you have to be courageous. And what I mean by that is you can't shy away from tough conversations. And that is so hard. And I know a lot of weak managers that don't have the courage to to tell that employee what they need to hear. How can someone get better? How do they know where they stand if you're not candid and honest with them? And that's something um, that I've always believed in. I think Waste Connections believes in. But it's hard. And that's not for everyone. But I'm going to go back and use my kids as an example. They're always going to know the truth for me. They have to, we have to be so honest and, and candid with our employees or they're never gonna develop. And, and, and that's, that's tough. And I know a, a lot of managers, I know everyone in this room knows this individual, they're gonna hold information in because to them it's a level of power and control. I'm the boss, I know what's right, you don't. You gotta educate, you gotta develop. You got to get that information out there for everyone to learn, and that that takes courage. It takes a level of unselfishness that I don't know if a lot of, of people have that level of of um of courage. and 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 then lastly, there has to be a, a dose of humility. This one of my favorite books. Um, he's a he's a young author. His name's Ryan Holiday. Uh, Ego is the enemy. Was his one of his books, re- recent years. Um, but, but we're always preaching that. Ego has to be the enemy. If, if you're a leader or a manager and you think that you got this figured out, you have failed, you, were, you have no chance. And we're always striving to, to not be a culture that knows the answers, but to try to be a culture that knows what questions to ask. And we feel like that's gonna get us the truth, that's gonna get us the right answer and then take it to another level where if you don't care who gets the credit, think about that for a sec. What organization or what project have you worked on where everyone's all in, they have all of their own individual ambitions towards the cause, and if no one cares about the credit, you can accomplish some incredible things together. But that's hard and it takes a dose of, huma- of humility, excuse me, And one of the things that I'm always telling my team, hey, convince me. I don't got this figured out. Convince me. I think we have to have that mentality if you want to accomplish great things. Um, But not a lot of leaders want to be convinced. It's tough.
1: Yeah, as you were just going through that, Aaron, one of my notes here is, is, you know, be humble. I put humility, humility, humility. Uh, at Sierra you know I call them our core values we have like four core values and that's to me at the top of the list you you cannot accomplish as much as you potentially can without humility that's how you get better Um, I, I don't know if Ronald Reagan did this quote but I wrote it down I saw it at the Ronald Reagan library years ago it's talking about credit to your point Aaron the quote is there's no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit exactly what you said um so true i another thing i think that kind of gets missed uh somewhat somewhat and and think about this you want to make everyone on your team better than you and tell them that tell them that's one of your goals it's one of my goals i want to make everyone around me better than myself and i've seen this in in a lot of different shapes and forms through the years. I've seen uh, people that bring on people that they're gonna feel more comfortable because those people aren't maybe in their eyes as good, so they won't feel threatened, you know, oh, my job's safe, et cetera. and I get all that, but the team, the organization, yourself, the team members, team members you're all gonna be better if you're all better collectively. I want everybody on the team to be better than I am um, you know I, I wrote down here and then we talk about in business um, big picture you know long term you know you always have short-term goals we all know that um, it's always a balance short term and long term but again don't just think about the investment in a Piece of equipment on that think about the people um, that when something happens uh, think about the long-term potential of that person not what's going to happen next week or today or, or next month um, think about the long term again it's not the, all the parts of the business are important but put that mindset in the focus Focus on people as well what is the long-term what is this person going to be long-term and how can I help him or her get there think in that context
0: yeah and you know I've been asked before you know what what percentage of my job do you you know do you do you know where where do you spend the majority of your time I easily spend 70 percent of my time talking about people developing people trying to recruit people um, thinking about who we're going to promote thinking about who we're gonna hire thinking about who we're gonna fire um, it 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 has to be about that and and you know one thing maybe it's a little cliche but every day when I'm driving into work um i I always as, as i park park my car and, and head into the office or if I'm on the road it's like, all right today's the day I make everyone around me better and I think um it's it's hard, especially if you're if you're ambitious and you want to do well in an in an organization. I think it's hard because a lot of people have ambition, but they make it about themselves. But some of the best servant leaders that I've ever been around they, they they take that ambition and they put it around themselves and they put it towards everyone around them and they put it in the organization, and it's incredible what can happen. But it takes a lot of humility, it takes a lot of discipline, to 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 encouraged to put smarter and better people around you and i think that's what a true servant leader does um i'm an old basketball guy i wasn't very good but i love the game and i uh one of my favorite players of all time is is magic johnson and one of the reasons i i loved magic as a as a basketball player and i've heard him say this a few times is listen you know it's not it's not what I can do. It's not what my teammates can do for me. It's what I can do for my teammates. And anyone, anyone that knows the game of basketball knows that Magic could have averaged 30 a game. But instead he averaged 19 and, and, and 12 assists. And look at what he did with with everyone around him. And I think that's, from a, from a basketball analogy, that's the perfect example of a servant leadership. How if you're unselfish, you, you, it's incredible what you can achieve with with everyone around you. And I, you know, we, 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 we always try to do business dealings even with Sierra where it's not transactional dealings, it's relationship dealings and everything else will, will fall into place.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple other things. Uh, this concept, again, I, I I'm going to put it in the context of servant leadership. I'm, I'm not sure if it's in in any book of servant leadership something that I do, which is I think can be difficult, and that's uh, the initial the initial steps with the people around you. And and what I'll say is I try to inherently trust people from the get-go. And again, I'm talking whether it's uh, you know with a customer, a supplier, or a teammate, I inherently trust them. And, and I'm not talking about the stranger you meet at the convenience store, right? <laughs> We're talking about the people in your life, the people around you. Because if you do that, I, I have another little motto, little things lead to big things. If you, from the get-go, trust someone, you're gonna get that back a hundred times in the end. But if you don't, those initial encounters with someone—they're all important through the journey. But you will not go as far. It's kind of like do sports again. A little—I'm a big sports guy, and he he is a good basketball player, by the way. Um, (laughs) You you don't—you hear this sometimes. You don't win the golf tournament in the first round, but you can lose it. You don't win the game in the first quarter, but you, you potentially could lose it. Um, yeah, don't, don't lose someone from the get-go. Inherently, initially, inherently trust them. And by the way, you're not going to bat a thousand. You, something could go wrong. That person does something. You learn from it and move on. So it's not always going to work out, but I bet you you'll get so much more in return if, if you do that
0: yeah and they need to trust you too. yes it's reciprocal yeah, that, that, it, it
1: mm-hmm. has to be it's so important um, one other little thing that I noticed in, in my career early on um, I had a, a boss um, and, and you let's face it we learn from other people that's kind of what servant leadership is and uh, I, would, I would just advise don't manage up um, Many times I would be, you know, you'd be in a group, um, just maybe casually talking and you notice your boss wants to go and talk to his or her boss or the CEO, people notice that. At least when I'm in a room, everyone, we're all on equal playing field, we're, we're one team here. So don't manage up. There'll be plenty of opportunities to have those conversations with the CEO or, or someone higher up on the org chart It's actually more important to, to have the whole team with you um, and, and being engaged.
0: Yeah, and I, I would I would add on that, you know when when we go out when I go out to the field um, The first place I always go is, is to the drivers collectively and I want to know their thoughts I want to know what's going on I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear the truth from them. And if, if, if we don't have district managers, so site managers, divisional VPs, that just don't fundamentally have a profound respect for our, our frontline employees, they're not gonna be a good servant leader and I don't want them on the team. Even, even though I may like them, right? At that point, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm gonna listen to the group. I'm gonna listen to the men and women that they should be leading. So I think that just adds on to your point, be, be very, very careful. And I think in any servant leadership culture, the frontline leaders are, are going to tell you the truth and you're going to know who, who, who's really the, 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 true leader every time. Yeah. I,
1: I have another little, I guess, mantra or saying, and I know this is hard. We all, we all need balance in our lives. Family obviously is very, very important you're, I, I don't call it the workplace I call it the work family your work family and there's balance there but what I, I also have tried to do through the years is just make myself available at any time um, you I think you'd be surprised I go back to that, that other saying little things lead to big things and it might be that one conversation someone really needed you and it was a Wednesday evening or a Saturday morning and you can't always be available, I get that, but try to make yourself available. Those, those conversations or interactions that may happen beyond the normal workplace or time can go a long way. So I always say those little things can lead to big things. Make yourself available.
0: I don't know if I have much more.
1: <laughs> Looking through my notes here. <laughs> You know, I guess I'll uh, say a couple other things, kind of bringing it more real life to, to Sierra. I, I mentioned how I think it's incredible what Waste Connections has done and is, is doing today with 22,000 people um, in, in servant leadership. So when I started Sierra Container, by the way, I, I never Thought I'd start a company it just kind of happened actually because of a lot of uh, great people I'll, I'll never forget supported me and gave me the confidence but uh, when I started it you start thinking about what's this thing gonna look like you got the business part okay we'll figure out how to make containers and how we're we gonna do it how we're we gonna be different there and all that but again what mattered by far more than that way more than that was who was going to be part of this the people and the only way um, that was going to happen was uh, the, the right people but I wanted to make sure they all had some ownership in the company they had some skin in the game whatever you want to call that some equity um, because this is not I founded it but this is not my company it, it's our company it's their company what they want to do with it, so they have ownership um, in Sierra, and I think I know that can't always work out for everybody. I get that, but it was just the way I looked at it and how important that is to the company it, it's and then I guess another, I just thought some something. people will sometimes say, well, you could have i mean we have challenges every day in the business and and what happens if this happens? what happens if resin does this or you know, all your machines go down, or and, and i I always say the same thing i We will have challenges, but if you have a good team, the right people, you can get through any challenges. It's my response to that question yeah. every time
0: yeah. Um, yeah yeah, and it can it, it can be fun if you surround yourself with with great people. yes, challenges can be a lot of fun yep
1: that's right. Uh, you know I mentioned before i uh, about energy we we all have. Only so much time and energy in a day, week, um, year. So we all have to prioritize, right? All have to prioritize. I would just, I always have another little saying, return on energy. I think about that more than the other return (laughs) slogans actually. A return on energy, the energy someone's putting in, what are you getting out of that? And what I would say is, Think about that in terms of people again. It goes back to, you know, being in the moment, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, do it. Uh, Make your, I said this at another conference, make your finest, you can't be on all day, right? That's too hard. It's hard. You you need breaks. But make your finest moments of the day, the week, the year, when you're engaging with people. You know, you could do a spreadsheet and this over here, but do two things at once. But when, when you're engaging with people, make those your finest moments. Mike, Aaron, great job today. In the uh, absence of your moderator, since they don't have one, everybody should know that you go to, not this code, but WEB3. This, you're in uh, session WEB3, and go to Slido, S-L-I-D-O dot com, And that's where you can rate these guys who did an excellent therapy job for us all today. And I felt like I was in an intimate counseling session. Really appreciate you guys. Great insights. Go to slido.com. Just because they didn't have a moderator, it's not fair they don't get any feedback, which for me is going to be very positive. And I appreciate you guys doing this. Thanks.
0: Thank you.